welcome to the Parenting Podcast. Moms, wherever you are in your parenting journey, or however you became a mom, we want to come alongside, addressing your questions and concerns with helpful insight to lighten your load as we dive into the reality of parenting. We are your co-hosts, Cheryl and Ellen, and we want to share practical answers, but our goal is to have relevant discussions that give you heart and strengthen you both today and for the years ahead. So join us now at the TPP table as we share together, helping you flourish and bringing your heart hope. Welcome, listeners, to the Parenting Podcast. Mm-hmm. Danae and Ella and I are here around the table again. Mm-hmm. And I hear we're supposed to have on our rain boots and make sure our cars are in the garage because of the hail coming. Oh, have we got more hail coming? Yeah, supposedly. Yeah. We'll see. In this room, we need a jacket in. Yeah. And, of course, Ellen forgets her jacket, so <laughs> it's freezing in here. Oh, our lives are so hard. Yeah, tough life. Yeah, I just met with my insurance agent yesterday to decide the coverage I'm going to have on my roof. So no hail, please. We're in Oklahoma, and so we have those tornado warnings. Or have the hail happen now before your new roof gets on. <laughs> oh, I'm going to tell you all, because we are in Oklahoma. But what I learned from him, you know, Texas gets hurricane after devastating hurricane. Yeah. Remember Houston a few years yeah. ago and all of that? Last year's week of cold weather in February, a little over a year ago, was the greatest insurance claim cost. There were more insurance claims paid out over that one week than at any other time in the history of Texas. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Because they had a week of super freezing cold weather. Mm. Yeah. None of their houses Nothing. nor right. the people are prepared for that. No. Right. Yeah. It costs more than anything. So not good news. All of our insurance rates are going to go up because yeah. of weather. So on that cheery note, <laughs> but just that explanation. So when your insurance rates go up, it goes back to that one week. And what an amazing thing. We can live in a country where we yes. can have insurance. Yes. Because otherwise, we'd all be fixing our houses mm-hmm. nonstop. Or our... not fixing our yeah. Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right. I have something. This is an article of last week's, actually, Time magazine. Mm-hmm. And one of our good friends of TPP and I met last week, and he shared this with me. And I thought it was interesting. It's by Lucy Huber, who's a freelance writer, mm-hmm. and the title of it is, We Should Talk More About the Good Parts of Parenting. So she is a young mom. She just has a toddler now who was born uh, in 2020. Mm-hmm. And I just thought her reflections were interesting, and I wanted to address it. So let me read some of this to you. And she says, From the moment I announced I was pregnant, the comments started rolling in. Hope you're ready to never sleep again. All your hair's going to fall out. Just wait until he's a toddler. No, just wait until he's a teenager. <laughs> right. And on and on. She said, I got it from coworkers, from family, and from strangers as they saw my belly growing. But I'm puzzled about why would your hair fall out? <laughs> it's the hormones. Also, oh, it's <laughs> But I think she's typical of what's happened in our culture, and that's what she addresses here. That there's been a switch in the culture and in the way people talk about parenting mm. with this generation, which is our listeners' generation, 
compared to the previous. She said, was all of this going to happen to me? And so she's saying all of this is weighing heavily on her mm. as she is going to something she has no idea what it's going to look mm -hmm. like. For a long time, motherhood was glorified. And when my mom was pregnant in the 80s, it never occurred to her that it would be hard because nobody talked about the challenges. She was surprised when we weren't all the perfect children she imagined. <laughs> me too. There's something to talk about because that's me. That's my generation. Now people try to avoid making it seem like it's all snuggly babies and well-behaved toddlers. We finally started speaking up about the issues which were being ignored. For example, postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. And she went on saying, when it was hard and all this, she goes, hey, oh, no, parenting is what all those people told me it would be. Mm -hmm. And she said, but why didn't anyone warn me about what was good? And she ended with this really sweet story of her toddler. It's bedtime. And he stops and he says goodnight to each of his trucks <laughs> and to his uh, stuffed animal. And he said, I love you, Mommy. I love you, Daddy. And she just said her heart exploded. Mm. That was the first time her son had ever said, I love you, spontaneously, without as a response. Mm -hmm. And so I'm feeling for her mm -hmm. because so many moms today struggle, I think, with the same generational thing. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted us to start out by talking about this and, and looking at parenting and bringing some encouragement to our listeners. Yeah. And I think bringing balance because really, the balance is sometimes parenting is desperately hard, and then sometimes parenting is euphorically rewarding, mm -hmm. and then there's a middle place. And so to just make blanket statements, it's just hard or it's always good. Mm -hmm. Nothing's like that in life. And I think that realistically, every parent has to stop and go, okay, nothing's perfect. It's mm -hmm. going to be good sometimes, it's going to be bad sometimes, and it can all happen in the same hour. Yes. Well, particularly what she described as her mom's generation. I was victim of that. You know, I would say the philosophy that was taught to me, and that's all I heard, is good intentional parenting in, great kids out. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there's a lot of devastation with that. Because mm -hmm. you have to do it all right. Then there's a formula. Yeah. But if you follow it correctly... You get what you want. Yes. Yeah. Not and if you have a bad year, <laughs> you don't follow yeah. the formula. Does that permanently damage them? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's what, what starts happening in your head. I had a bad day today. Have I damaged my children forever? Yes. And right. Over the years, I will say maybe the number one statement I've had from moms saying, I'm so afraid I'm ruining them. Mm -hmm. What is the core that makes a mom feel that way because it hasn't been one time i just hear a lot of lack of trust in themselves uh you know that they they're not sure exactly what to do or maybe there's so much information yeah. out now you, know, yeah. you can google anything and there's all kinds of opinions out there and it's hard to know when you go to bed at night you know you've got all these opinions um coming at you. Did I do it right? Yes. Well, you know, you're right. Options are a big thing. And so particularly, I see it in some of my grown children. They're hesitant to make decisions mm. because they always want to hold their options open. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so they wait to make a decision mm -hmm. or they make a decision where they still have options. 
I would suggest that Steve Jobs <laughs> and iPhones, that all of this always gives you so many options. Mm -hmm. And so it undermines parenting, even with this inundation of information. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have no idea how many parenting podcasts are out there. Ours mm -hmm. is the best, right? Of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. The parents' well, podcast. And, and I, think, I think a lot of the core for all of us generationally is fear. Mm -hmm. You know, Absolutely. you can be handed the 10 principles of raising children and you're still going to be afraid because mm -hmm. yeah. it's probably of anything in life. It's not like you're making a recipe. It's not like you're being a student in school and here's all the stuff you need to study. It is so random. It changes. You have to be flexible in your thinking and your desires and ideals for your family life. And we all have that phantom parent out there. Mm -hmm. Okay, now what do you mean by that? Well, it's kind of in our minds what the perfect mom is, yes. the perfect dad, the perfect family. It's usually not realistic. And it's usually unattainable. Yeah. And we have to be open with ourselves. Am I being real? about my parenting. I came from a broken home. So in my mind, I started forming a phantom family when I was probably about 10. When I become a parent, when I do this, this is how it's going to look. Well, of course, it didn't look like that at all yeah. once I started parenting. It just, you know, it was big humans versus little humans sometimes. <laughs> you know, I really thought that I could love my children enough that they yes. wouldn't have problems. I thought I could love them well enough that they wouldn't have self-esteem issues. They wouldn't look in the mirror and think bad about themselves because I I just adored them and would tell them all the time how yeah. wonderful they were. You know, I would set all the right boundaries to, you know, cook all the right meals, all the things. And it was pretty devastating to me when some of my children started going through, especially maybe like pre-puberty, puberty time, and that they were insecure. Yeah. How could they be insecure? They have a mother who <laughs> loves them so well. Because you have to. That's the <laughs> you have, you say that because you have to. Yeah. But, but it was deep things in my children that I realized I can't love them enough. You know, and I thought um, we're talking about doing all the things right and being the perfect parent. You know, and I think that perfect parent in my mind wasn't as much uh, the Norman Rockwell painting or the Pinterest perfect parent. It was more just I wanted to be there and love them. So that's that's really hard for a a new mom to face. Yeah, buying into the good parenting and good kids out. Mm -hmm took on a responsibility that I can't do. The only perfect parent ever was God. Yeah. And his children rebelled against him. Right. <laughs> right. He loves perfectly. Mm. So it was very unrealistic. Mm -hmm. And the big problem is long-term thinking, if I just do enough of the right things, mm -hmm. I can fix my children. I can fix this. And like you're saying, when I see brokenness in my children instead of realizing this is the human condition. Right. Thinking, what, what kind of mother am I that I, I can't love them enough? I can't have conversations enough and do the right thing and not say the wrong thing and give them opportunities or not to tweak it all so that they don't have to suffer mm -hmm. the pains of being a human being on earth. So it was very unrealistic. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. That perfect parent 
Right. Thinking of something that's positive. You know, I think as a mom, it's like, what do you enjoy doing? What are things that that you would like to do with your children? I know that doesn't always work and our children are individual humans, but sometimes it works that I got, you know, to follow something that that I enjoyed. I have a memory pop up um, talking about enjoying your children. And um, I had a lot of tea parties. I have four girls, one son. He got to play out on the creek. Cheryl, I believe, with your son most of the time. And um, But my girls, I did a lot of birthday tea parties, Christmas tea parties, because it was something I enjoyed about you know, tea. And I still have a couple of my daughters that are continuing that tradition with their friends or with each other. They'll want to have tea with me. And so just that memory of something I really enjoyed as a parent is sharing something that that I enjoyed with them and created space, you know, to let them into that. What is something, Alan and Cheryl, that you did with your children that you really enjoyed? Okay. Um, This is me because I'm different. I love nature. I love outdoors. Mm -hmm. And so we camped. And one of the things, when Bill was alive, we would go camping as much as we could with good weather. And we liked to get as far away from everybody but still have as much comfort as we could Mm -hmm. because we had a big family. And then after he was gone, I would do the same thing, but we would go to a cabin. And so in particular, a state park here in Oklahoma, beautiful time in the fall, and it was way away from everybody else. We never saw anybody. It was like we had our own mountain and woods by ourselves. Mm, Sounds wonderful. Oh, it was (laughs) wonderful. And I kind of, like, I felt like I took my parenting hat off, left it at the front door, Mm -hmm. drove away, and just enjoyed my children. Mm -hmm. And so we would stay up late together, we'd play games, or we would do whatever they wanted to do. And eat brownies for lunch. Oh, love that. (laughs) It was just that freedom Mm -hmm. to just enjoy them. What about you, Ellen? Not camping. I know that. Not a camper and Mm -hmm. learned that very early. I'm trying to think of, I don't know, I feel like there wasn't like one specific thing because I was the kind of mom that I didn't like monotony and I didn't like too much routine. So I would go maybe three weeks and be a consistent mom and then my mind would explode (laughs) and I would just tell everybody, okay, and then we're just going to goof off. So whatever goofing off at that moment meant to me, because I'm very spontaneous, but Mm -hmm. I, I might load everybody up in the van and just go somewhere and have fun. Mm-hmm. The only camping I did like was when we lived in Hawaii. And, oh, and, um, oh. I don't know if it's considered I, I camping when you're by the way. I was going to say, but you know, in Hawaii, once you live there, you you know, we lived there for years, you, you have a regular life again. Mm-hmm. But the base, the military had a whole section of beach that belonged to them and you had wow. cabins. That to me was fun because I'm a California girl. I was raised by the ocean mm-hmm. and that to me is when I really come alive. I I love to be by the ocean anywhere. So we would get a cabin. The kids could run wild because you could see them. But the ocean was literally 20 feet from the door. Oh, nice. That is nice. Okay, I think you need to figure out how you can take the four of us. And we can do a remote recording. Yeah, that's (laughs) when that would be fun. It would be really wonderful. I've got to mention one more thing that I really enjoyed 
doing with my kids. I loved reading out loud to my kids. Even when they could already read, we would all circle around. One of my favorite books was The Hobbit. (laughs) I've read it a couple of times as an adult just to read it again, but I I loved those times reading out loud to my kids. One of the ways my kids describe it is it's like we all share the adventures together. Because mm-hmm. when you read a book together, there is a shared history yes. that's mm-hmm. different from listening or watching something. Mm-hmm. So I would agree with you. Mm-hmm. Some of the most beautiful heart memories are the books that my kids and I have read together and yeah. shared, and they'll make reference to it even now. Right, mine you too. Know? And I remember if you think about how do you keep little kids still, you probably all have examples. But I remember my son would always have all of his matchbox cars yeah. lined up and playing. So yeah. they got yeah. to kind of do whatever they wanted to do, if that was coloring or playing with toys quietly. And it was and so listening special. to that in the background, mm-hmm. you reading to them. That's really good. Mm-hmm. And now I do it over Zoom with my grandchildren in India. And uh, actually, we're reading Indian in the Cupboard. Oh, that's one of my favorites, too. I know. And this Enjoying your children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the negative doesn't talk about enjoying your children. And even mm-hmm. good parenting and good kids out, it was a formula. Not saying try to enjoy your children. Mm-hmm. Well, the children become the object that you pour the training into. Oh, you do to them. Right, to them uh, rather than yeah. be with them mm-hmm. and learn about them, learn about their personalities, learn about what they think is important. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you still have to do training, if that's what you want to call it, Mm -hmm. because that's just helping them navigate the world more easily. It's part of the parenting job that we have to help them know how to Use a to, fork, right? So that they're not in public at you know sixteen with their hands throwing to be kind. Pile. The way to have a friend yeah, is exactly. to be kind, and so yeah. we train them in that with us and and with their siblings. But maybe if we do a grammar lesson, maybe one of the ways to learn to enjoy our children more in the midst of all of this mm-hmm. is to change that preposition from doing it to them mm-hmm. or indulging doing it for them to doing it with mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's my example with the tea parties mm-hmm. is just that I was enjoying that with them. We were having this together. And we have to do the parenting of the training so we can get to the point mm-hmm. of enjoying them. Because if they are left to themselves, we can't have them calm enough to enjoy life with them. So one of my purposes, back to the tea party or even dinner, breakfast, lunch, dinner, was I would tell my kids, I want you to be able to eat with any kind of person yeah. in uh-huh. any setting. You know, any culture, I want you to be able to have the manners yes. to be able to just feel confident to eat with anyone. If that's the president of the United States, that you you could do that. It's not life-altering, but it saves you a little bit of discomfort and embarrassment <laughs> yeah. because you have a base of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so I did have a, my lecture. I, I, that's my really, I, so I have a big why behind it. <laughs> yeah. So we can have yes. the training and the why and the fun and the enjoyment. But it doesn't all come at once. Oh, no, no, no. It takes a lot of time. You start, you know, when they're little. So what you're saying you did is look at the big picture Mm -hmm. and try to equip them saying, hey, let's do this with them. One other thing I'm thinking about, maybe a mom that's listening and saying, "Uh there's no way I can't get to that because they're so stressed. So one of my hearts of why we're doing this is 
Moms, we want to take some of the stress out, maybe give you some technique or some ideas or encouragement to de-stress you as a mom, because let's go back to what I had, that weight of thinking. I had the responsibility of using the right formula to have perfect parenting so my kids would be perfect Mm -hmm. while I'm watching myself fail. And to the degree I could overcome that with realism, I could be de-stressed enough to relax and love my children more. How can I love you better in this? I wish that had been the a mantra or the, the slogan that I heard instead of mm-hmm. thinking, okay, what good parenting thing do I need to do now mm-hmm. to help my child? And we've made it pass or fail, too. Yes. Yeah. You know, as the moms, we've said, okay, oh, because you touched on it. My child did this. Where did I fail? Mm-hmm. You know, because we look at everything as, oh, gosh, I didn't do that correctly. This was a fail. Mm-hmm. Rather than, no, it isn't pass or fail. It's relationship. Right. And we can start all over again. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then that would be the question I would say. How can I love this child better in this right now? Mm-hmm. Whether it's a uh, toddler that. losing it or a teenager in the midst of the mm-hmm. angst and emotions. Mm-hmm. And that can become a life philosophy mm-hmm. because that spills over to everything. How can I love my spouse or that special person mm-hmm. in my life? How do I treat that person in the parking lot that's, you know, having a fit, you know, and so our children will pick up on that. They'll see us. How do I treat people and love people better? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was just having a conversation with one of my daughters earlier today. In fact, we're talking about her and, and her boyfriend and talking about like, instead of being critical to someone about like, this is how I need you to do this differently, is to really catch him in something he's doing that you really enjoy, you know? So with parenting, and I think I talked about this another time where instead of telling your toddler who keeps standing in the chair, sit down, sit down, sit down, say, please, please put your bottom in the seat. Put your, put your bottom in the seat. Instead of you're doing that wrong, you know, it's doing that positive. It's catching someone and looking for in your children, what are they doing well? What are they doing right? And then really talk a lot about that. I just think our brains work that way and that we, something must light up in our brain when someone goes, oh, that makes me feel so good when you do that. Or that was so kind. Yes. So really yeah. concentrating on the strengths and the positive things that your children are doing, I think it helps us enjoy them more too. Well, and there's positive, gentle parenting. Yes. A lot of people promote that and talk about it. And I love this, but that doesn't mean we're not coaching and parenting and directing and helping mm-hmm. them and letting them do whatever they want. No, you're we, doing it in a positive way versus always telling them every time they're doing something wrong. No, 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 no. Yes. Instead, here's an alternative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, I read on an Instagram post today from The Common Parent, at the end of the day, all of parenting comes down to a relationship that you have with another little heart. Oh, that is fantastic. That's what we want, moms. Okay, just to wrap this up, that's what we're saying. Think about it. Say it again, Danae, and let's just say it one more time because we're trying to help not only like Lucy that wrote the article, but to enjoy your children and just give you a fresh view of what you get to do again today. So at the end of the day, All of parenting comes down to a relationship 
that you have with another little heart. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So moms, remember, hang in there. Keep loving that little heart. Keep persevering with that little heart because it's worth it. Thank you so much for listening to the Parenting Podcast. We hope it was encouraging to you and maybe gave you some new ideas to help or just a little lift in your parenting day. Remember, we drop our episodes every Thursday, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any. Like or share or leave your comments. We would love to hear from you. Feel free to go to our website, theparentingpodcast.com, where you can find talk notes and other resources. And of course, follow us on social media. We're glad you were here today and look forward to next time. Mm -hmm.